0: This is Geek Punk.
1: Welcome once again to Planetary Union Network, the Orville Fan Podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Dan Taylor, and with me is Joe Quickle. How are you doing, Joe?
2: Hey, Dan. How's it going?
1: Uh, And the reason I pause there is we've got another Joe here. We've got Larry Joe Campbell, best known probably to Orville fans as uh, Chief Steve Newton. Larry, how are you?
3: Hey, I'm doing great. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: Oh, thanks for joining us. I've got to be honest with you. I've been stalking you to get you on the podcast since day one. I heard you were on the show, I think, even before we had the podcast airing.
3: I, I have felt that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that well, let, let's start off. That kind of leads into my first question. Are you being on a show like The Orville? You know, it's very similar to, uh, that other show, Star Trek and, uh, you know, it's various incarnations. Are you ready? Are you prepared for this level of fandom that, uh, us geeks and nerds tend to have?
3: Well, you know, to be honest, I've, I've been a part of it myself. I, you know, I have, uh, three older brothers and growing up, especially with, uh, two of them that are, they're that twins. We, uh. We, we were and are those nerds. Um, so we have played in countless uh, chip games of Starfleet battles, and we've actually made up our own games of sci-fi and that nature. So um, I've kind of been immersed in it for some time, but at the same time, I have been surprised um, that, you know, the other shows I've been on have not had this sort of loyalty that, that the Orville has, it's really something to see.
1: So you're telling me there was no convention for according to Jim.
3: (laughs) Uh, Well, we tried. Um, and, uh, there, there was just the cast there. Um, (laughs) so (laughs) no, there were a lot of fans of according to Jim, but it just, you know, if you, if you saw it, you saw it, you know, once you saw it, you kind of went your way. And there are people who, who want to see some sort of redux, but, uh, the level of of the dedicated fans on the orville it's it's just been really fun
1: i guess if you go to any sort of sci-fi or comic convention you could see plenty of um andy cosplayers anyway correct
3: <laughs> yeah for sure
1: <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah um like i said we are very dedicated we are very um focused on this sort of thing i mean we're the kind of fans
2: that come up with podcasts before shows even air. Yeah. I think Dan had this thing started back in February.
3: (laughs) That's great. I've, I've learned a lot, uh, just, you know, starting to follow you guys. And, uh, I, I didn't realize that, the the episode number got clipped and one was moved to season two. So thank you for that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no problem. Um, yeah, that's how dedicated we are to this show. We we need to make sure we know exactly what's happening even before you guys do. I'll say. Um, now, again, like I said, I was excited to hear, because I mean, I've, I've been a fan of yours since the, according to Jim Days. Um, I also... Uh, I think I gave a holler in the theater when I saw you in uh, Pacific Rim.
3: Aha, that was so much fun. Um, you is a wonderful director.
1: T- now tell me you get, you're returning in Pacific Rim, too, as the construction worker that gets to actually get into one of those Jaegers.
3: I, I tried. I, I, I really tried. I, uh, unfortunately, I, I wa- I'm not a part of it. I'm waiting <laughs> until they return to the wall.
1: That was a fun, fun movie. What was it? What was that experience like working on Pacific Rim?
3: Uh, Just to be around. I wanted to be around Guillermo del Toro any chance I could. I just (laughs) uh, his his passion and his uh, devotion to the craft is is really infectious and um, and so jovial, just brilliant. It it really. He and, he and Seth are fr- uh, really cut from the same cloth. Because when you get on the Orville set, it, you see how their leadership really inspires and, and uh, really gets everyone around them the department heads, various people they, they're all in. And, and I think they, you know, quality people want to work with quality people. And you know, when you, you see makeup artists and, and visual effects guys and people with a, with a passion and a love for doing it, I, I never saw a, 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 sad face shooting. Uh, how,
1: how did you come about to, to get involved with the Orville as uh, Lieutenant commander, Steve Newton?
3: You know, I had gone in on a couple auditions. Uh, for Family Guy, and uh, and never never got anything, and I've always been a big fan of Seths, and 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 then uh, when Sheila Jaffe uh, called me, in for this, um, she she brought that up that you know you have been in on some stuff, and and uh, they 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 wanted you to audition for this, and that that blew my mind right there. I didn't think I was on any sort of radar with anyone, and. And so I, I just I went in like everyone else and, and auditioned for the part and thankfully I got it.
1: No, I and you know, like I said as a fan, I'm glad you did too. I've when I heard you were going to be on, I was okay, I'm excited about this. And then I heard the role that you were playing, the chief engineer. I even got a little more excited about it, and we'll talk about some correlations there with chief engineers. But I've really like the fact that you have been in almost just every single episode, correct?
3: I, I've been in, uh I, yeah, I've been in here and there and in, in quite a few of them. Yeah. I, I don't know the exact number, but certainly it's been a joy.
1: And then in the last night's episode, Firestorm, you got to deliver that uh, touching eulogy.
3: Well, that, that meant a lot to me they and they gave me a lot of time and space to work on that. And, um, you know, especially being known more, I guess, for some broader comedy, I was, I was really appreciative that I, I could um, attack something, be a little more in the pocket, something closer to the heart. And the, the cast was so supportive during that shoot. It was, it was really, really incredible.
1: Now, what kind of camp? has kids choking on wine corks
3: well yeah that's those the best camps the the the, the most fun camps. those are the summer camps you want to go to
1: because
3: uh uh, we're we're at you know we're drinking in eighth grade so hey oh
1: and uh playing uh starfleet battles you mentioned starfleet battles how cool was that game i used to actually work at a store that sold starfleet battles that's how much of a geek i was i didn't only play it i sold it to you guys
3: uh i'm 46 years old and my uh my brothers that are twins are, are are 56 years old we each own our own copy our own set so when we visit they both live in michigan so when they come out here, I come there, we're able to play a, uh, a quick game, although none of those games are quick, no. uh, of Starfleet Battles. And um, we have our pencils, and we have our chips, and I'm usually the Federation because I'm the good guys, and they're the jerks.
1: Uh, that's cool. Uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with Starfleet Battles, sort it's like a war game with the ships from Star Trek. And Oh, yeah it does take forever to play, but it's so much fun. Now, speaking of Star Trek, Mm -hmm. Chief Montgomery Scott, he is the epitome, the ultimate chief engineer of all science fiction.
3: You're you're telling me. Um, How,
1: I mean, how is it to step into that sort of role? I mean, are, are you pulling out your inner Scotty? <laughs> uh,
3: you know, I, I I've thought about it a lot, actually. Um, and when I, when I got the role, um, it didn't take long to put two and two together, but at the same time, when people uh, heard that I was going to be on it, they're like, oh, you're the Scotty. And <laughs> every time I hear it, it it just it kind of scares me a little bit. I'm a little terrified because those are big shoes to fill.
1: Yeah, James Duan, it brought something to that role that you know it could have just been sort of a you know kind of a background type character. And we're already seeing it with you as well. Like you know with that eulogy, and I think even the first time we were introduced to you, you gave Katan um, the kind of you know the what for, and she shot, shot you down real quick. So, and is this something that, um, Seth brings on to the, to, um, let's say the, 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 the the crew, the cast and the set itself is to, you know, let, let these characters expand and go more than just, you know, perhaps what the scene calls for.
3: Well, they're all, obviously his creation and he gives such weight to, to the characters, you know, um, uh, Tim who played uh, Lieutenant Payne, who who died, um, you know, it felt like I really knew him for quite a while. Uh, it's, it's just, the writing is, is so thick and dense. And, and I think that the, you know, like you said, calling, you know, calling a Lara kid at the beginning and, and, Right away, you come in with that that weight in the, the history of these characters. So I think it's really built in with some incredible writing. Uh, but yeah, there there's there's places to move when when Seth goes. You know, you, uh, you get another take, and he he gives you some encouraging words, and sometimes to broaden or sometimes to keep it uh, tighten it up. But I I, I think that that just once you have the writing and you stack on uh, the actors with it, and it, what makes these things be, come to life and become three dimensional.
1: Um, now, do you share Steve Newton's enthusiasm for Barry Manilow?
3: Oh, uh, well, funny story. When I auditioned, I had uh, sides from you know future episodes, and that particular episode, I at one point was supposed to sing somewhere in time. And I was stoked. Barry, Barry is so underrated. <laughs> he uh, was so underrated. And it takes, some, it takes some, uh, some, uh, a voice like Seth to actually pull off some good manolo. My Manilow was not good. Maybe that's not why it didn't stay in there. But I never got the chance to sing it. And I was so bummed.
1: Okay, we're looking forward to um Steve Newton's scene in the uh simulation room where he you know redoes the uh Copacabana
3: and <laughs> maybe another karaoke night down the road. there you go <laughs> everyone Just, seemed to be bummed when Bortus couldn't sing huh
1: that yeah that was a uh, Hopefully we'll eventually get to that or, you know, they, they could tease us completely, you know, for seasons on, just like will they or won't they with um,
3: <laughs> Kelly Never and Ed. Thing oh, yeah, for sure.
1: Um, how grateful are you that you don't have to sit in that makeup chair every morning?
3: Oh, I, I'll be honest. I was excited. I was human. And <laughs> um, <laughs> they do an incredible job. And people are, people are in that chair and, and, but they got, you know, it got quicker and quicker. The, the more they did it, obviously they became uh, experts. So they became very good at it, but, uh, there's some intense, intense, uh, makeup going on.
1: How are you handling the technical side of things? I call the techno babble. Quantum drives and the Dr. Seuss type what's it's and the woodsits and the hobnobs of the controls. Well, you
3: know, you I take it back, you know, I, I it's it's sort of been in me for a while. I just, I my again, I go back to my brothers, they're so much older than I am. So there came a time when I wasn't cool to hang around, you know, when they're 18 and I'm eight, it's you know, I'm I, I was alone. So I spent a lot of time playing by myself with my, you know, Star Wars figures and, and, and that sort of thing. And so you, you kind of explore all that, right. And all the technological terms. And I, I just, I became a fan of it early on. So I, I, I the jargon.
1: Yeah. We had, uh, Andre Bormanis on, uh, we talked to him a couple of weeks ago. And it was fun discussing with him all the um, technical aspects and the scientific aspects of the Orville and how they relate. Now, I'm wondering, is there any time when you're in the middle of shooting a scene, you've got to refigure out, okay, this is not how it would work because it's, um, he might step in, interfere with the science aspect of it, or you just, you know, balls to the wall, what the hell, just throw it out there.
3: Well, I'm, I'm thankful for, for the producers like Brandon. he's, He's so smart, and, and, and Seth, all of them, they, they, they've thought of this stuff well beforehand. They, they have what life would be like. I think that they've really sat down and, and, and tried to have an honest take of what it would be like 400 years in the future. Obviously, people will probably be talking differently, so we need to make it relatable to now, but uh, they have the science down, it seems.
1: and so so you're not you're not um spending late nights going over Newton's technical manuals
3: <laughs> just for fun <laughs> That's my late night reading <laughs> um
1: so it was recently announced that uh season two i as Orville fans had no doubt that we were going to get a season two um. But I'm sure it must be exciting for all of you guys involved with the show that, you know, we get to see, you know, you get to be um, Steve Newton Morph. F- um.
3: Oh, well, I, I sure hope so. You know, even when I've been a, a regular on shows, I've, I've just taken it, uh, the old adage, one game at a time. I've taken it one episode at a time and, you know, um, tried not taking anything for granted. I'm I'm super excited there's a season two. And yeah, it sure would be great to be a part of that, and, and we'll see what happens.
1: No, oh, I'm we're thinking seven seasons in a movie at least, right?
3: <laughs> right? Oh, absolutely. How fun would that be?
1: Um, are you ready for the Steve Newton action figure?
3: Oh, I've been in the trading cards. Yes, I, I really, I really want it all out there. <laughs>
1: The uh, so we could all have our Larry Joe Campbell bobblehead,
3: <laughs> for sure. For Again, sure. There I were... don't need I don't need any sort of action handle in the back. Um, I, it can be just a normal um, old fashioned uh, sort of action figure. I'll be thrilled with that.
1: Oh, something tells me they're in the works because I know we, as Orville fans, we are all waiting for it. You know, we can't spend enough money quick enough on official merchandise.
2: Yeah, you know, they're going to have action figures and pop vinyl figures and the whole run of things.
1: Are you gearing yeah. up? Are you getting ready to do that whole convention type experience?
3: If, if, when, and if I'm ever asked, I will uh, gladly. It would be that, that is so fun. It, uh, it, more, more opportunities for, for humans uh, to come together and to appreciate one another and to feel some joy. I'm all, I'm all for it.
1: All right, Joe, go ahead and make a note that uh, Larry will be our first official guest for our Orville convention. <laughs> <laughs> Noted.
3: I'll, I'll hold the door open for everybody coming in. I'll usher it. Um,
2: you got any questions, Joe? Uh, well, I, I did want to say that um, I, I think I can speak for all the, the Orville fandom that we are very glad that you weren't the one who died last episode.
3: I, I had heard some rumors. I, I had heard some rumors and uh, I am also glad I didn't die in that episode.
1: Are right. Are you looking forward to, um, perhaps in the next season, uh, Newton getting a stretch of space legs and maybe going down on the shuttlecraft for a couple of adventures?
3: <laughs> well, you know, I, 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 yeah, whatever they will have me, uh, if they'll have me and, and when they'll have me, I, I, you know, I, I don't want to, I can't speak into the future too much. Um, uh, this season hasn't even wrapped up yet, but, uh, I'm I
1: I'm all for it. Well I mean you have to be with the second season. We the fans will, you know, we will revolt if we don't have our Chief Newton on board. Um <laughs> uh, I think I think uh I think I finishes up. I don't you got any other questions, Joe
2: or? Uh, well, no, you covered everything that I would have so
1: Awesome. Well, again, we want to thank you, uh, Larry, for joining us. And we want you, other than being the guest for our first official convention, I think it'll be held in a um, a Ramada Inn in um, Pasadena or something. Okay. 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 I
3: can make that work.
1: All right. <laughs> and um, we will bug you again when it comes to season two to have you on again and talk about uh what's happening aboard your engine room aboard the uh, Orville.
3: Okay. Anytime. Uh, I'd be happy to. Thanks for having me.
1: All right. Thank you very much, Larry.
3: Thanks guys.
2: Thank you.
1: I I got to tell you, Joe, we are lucking out on our guests.
2: Yeah. We had any the, nicer. Yeah, absolutely. We Yeah. We have the best guest.
1: Um, Larry was such a joy to talk to right there. And, um. No, and everybody we've had on so far has been amazingly kind and gracious with their time to talk to, you know, us about this TV show that they're on. I mean, these are trust me, uh, we know that these are busy people. Uh, just uh, you know, Joe's busting his hump trying to get these guests on board to come on to our little uh, dog and pony show, and for them to take out. Take some time out of their busy t- lives, a busy schedule, just to talk to a couple nerds about uh, their science fiction show. It brings immense happiness to this nerd.
2: Yeah, absolutely, the same. Uh, it, it's it it constantly blows my mind, <laughs> actually, <laughs> that um, just what we've you know who who all we've been able to to pull on and just. just even their gratitude that we're fans. (laughs) All right. And we're going, we're going to leave
1: you hanging for a little bit till the end of this episode to tell you who we are. New, our latest guest that we just confirmed today. Yeah. But until we get to that, uh, let's talk a little firestorm.
2: The last episode of the Orville. What'd you, what'd you think of it, Joe? All right. So firestorm, I, I really had some of the best comedic lines in the series for me. I, I was rolling nearly the whole, the entire episode. It, it, it was just, it was, there was a lot. And Bordis's uh, the, the deadpan delivery for the alligator. And, uh, I, I was just, it was killing me. I think this was our first official
1: Star Trek alumni appearance. Correct. I mean, we've had some Star Trek alum direct episodes. Well, unless you consider
2: some of the main cast.
1: Well, I mean, there's a major, a major character, a major act character from previous Star Trek, Star Treks. In this case, I'm talking about the Doctor from Voyager, Robert Picardo. Yep. And the, he played Alara's father. And I think he had the funniest line in the whole thing about, uh, ah, the humans, the hillbillies of the galaxy. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yep. And yeah, that, that one had me on the floor too. Uh, and so you could, the, uh, the disdain for, uh, military service came through for their species with that scene as well. It, it you can really you can really tell why there's not a lot um, in the union because they don't really think it's or they think it's all beneath them. And um, just
1: uh, while we're talking about Star Trek, Molly Hagan, who played her mother, uh, she was actually on an episode of Star Trek: Deep Space Nine, the episode The Jem Hadar.
2: Yeah, I think so, she had similar ears, too.
1: Um, so for those of you with your Star Trek bingo cards, you can go ahead and mark her off. Um, I remember when she played, I, I, I was like, where do I recognize her from? Where do I recognize her from? And though it's been some years, like 30 years, but uh, she was in that movie Some Kind of Wonderful, the Eric Stoltz, Leah Thompson movie, playing a high schooler. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I think that's where I re- remember her from. But, um, no, it was, night I, I hope we get to see more of the crew's family. Cause we've, we've seen Ed Mercer's parents now we've seen, um, Laura's parents now. And of course in this episode, uh, Malloy made the comment that, um, Lamar just described his mother when he was describing a clown. <laughs> uh, what the hell do you think Malloy and Lamar were doing when they showed up in the
2: environmental simulator? Um, maybe recreating uh, the uh, a Hamilton duel. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: which one was Aaron Burr?
2: I, I Bordas.
1: Bortus okay. was there in
2: Burr, yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> and so this one was kind of a nightmarish episode. It was directed by uh, Brandon Braga, uh, second second third episode. I guess he directed three episodes this season.
2: I okay, I didn't realize he did direct this one.
1: i uh, uh, pretty sure, or did he not direct this one? I thought he did. Um. Yeah, he did direct this episode. So I, this in, into the fold and
4: um about a girl. Okay. Well, I know it had a lot of the um
2: I'd say this is going to segue into this part anyway, but the die I was, this episode would have been a great Halloween episode. And Yeah, it would have um I know from uh, previous conversations with him and get, and uh it was, I think it was Andre Bormanis who uh, said that um, he really likes doing the uh, throwing the horror aspects into these shows. So I figured he had his hand in it somewhere. You said horror, not whore, correct? Yes, horror. Okay. Um,
1: no, and I like. We learned that Lamar is deathly afraid of clowns. <laughs> yeah,
2: especially hobo clowns. Yeah, they're the hungriest. <laughs> <laughs> Um. Oh yeah. So an, another line uh, or exchange that just I I actually missed the the following like minute of dialogue uh, because of this joke, but it was the uh, the I may be talking out of my ass here thing, and then Isaac's response of uh, please enunciate. Right. I I
1: like how Kelly's character Kelly Grayson is she's second in command, but she's rather loose with the, with her, you know, just her attitude. I mean, speaking, saying lines like, you know, I may be talking out of my ass here, or in the episode about a girl where she says, you know, excuse me, I got a bad case of the tits. <laughs> um, and then the fact that she's a pothead, and she likes her Chardonnay, um it's a good she's a good you know opposite to say that you know the second in command of star trek being spock who's very rigid right and again i think this is we've talked about it before how the humor and the way the characters are in the orville make it so much down to earth as dumb as that sounds for a sci-fi show or more realistic is having characters like this you know that are that show their human side as flawed as it may
2: be yeah and uh, you know I've, i know we've said this several times before but i think that's one of the biggest draws is that it's just it's really relatable I'm just this is just coming out of left
1: field but here is is there a character on the Orville that you find that you relate to the most
2: Uh um
4: hmm i don't i i don't know
2: <laughs> actually um relate to the most probably yeah probably probably Malloy actually
1: i would i would i would say malloy lamar just their aspect of i mean they're almost as if two guys sitting in cubes next to each other in an office yeah and just their dialogue and their banter is very I, is what i relate to the most you know just comments like we're not going to get out of here by five and you know can i have soda on the bridge and what was the, the one he was screaming in uh, in this one i quit i quit i quit yeah he's being chased by the giant spider
2: Yeah, I don't want to do this anymore.
1: Yeah. (laughs) There's some really cool effects. I really liked the effect in the uh, conference room when all the spiders were crawling down the wall. Yeah. That was creepy as hell. And I'm not a guy who's afraid of clowns.
2: Um, Yeah, I'm not the biggest fan. I'm not sure I'm, you know, terrified of clowns, but I, I, I can avoid them. (laughs) <laughs> they're easy enough to avoid they can't run that fast in
1: those shoes correct
2: yeah fucking clown shoes
1: and if they run too fast there was baggy pants are bound to you know screw them up so stop being afraid of clowns people they're not that scary <laughs> uh so this week we actually got some news about the orville and everybody if you're listening to this podcast you've probably heard about it but There was kind of a little bit of a panic when they announced that, I think TV Guide broke the news, tvguide.com, that they were going to shorten the first season by an episode.
2: Yeah, and everyone was convinced it was the 13th episode because that's what TV Guide said. Well, TV Guide was wrong.
1: Yeah, we... Our inside information, and yes folks, we've got inside information on the Orville. Which is why we're the Orville podcast you should listen to. <laughs>
4: um
1: no, we were able to uh determine that t- rather than drop the last episode because everybody everybody's convinced that Patrick Stewart's gonna be in this last episode of this first season,
2: right? Yeah. And and if uh, he is, we will actually find that out.
1: Yeah. And we, there's been no confirmation of it. Um,
2: if he is, they're keeping it a great secret. It would be great to see him. Yeah, the, sp- uh, the speculation on all of it uh, came from some uh, trivia post that somebody did on IMDB that has been long since debunked. So, don't know whether or not he's actually going to be in this season, but maybe. Maybe
1: but my concern when they when they mentioned that they were shortening the an episode was we wouldn't get a proper you know se- season finale but what they're doing is they're going to air episode 13 in the number 12 slot and then number 12 will be an episode that they will show in the second season
2: yeah sometime next season don't know whether it'll be the first episode or sometime in the middle of the season but And for those of you
1: worried about continuity or whatever, they've already messed up the episodes from their production to when they air. So don't let that worry you, people.
2: Yeah, the order will
1: still all make sense and it'll all come out right in the wash.
2: Right. Yeah. The order is shuffled a little bit. I mean, we, we did, you know, we already knew, but learned further that, uh, Uh, there was at least About a Girl was moved forward.
1: Yeah, the uh, About a Girl was the fourth episode filmed, and it was the third one aired. Now, the same as with Command Performance, it was the third episode filmed, and it was the second one aired. And If the Star Should Appear was the second episode filmed, And it was the fourth one to air. So everybody got that? I know it sounds like a a math problem. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) If if Seth MacFarlane shoots one episode of the Orville on this one and Fox decides to air it on this order, how upset are science fiction fans going to get? Uh, Very. So that's... (laughs) So don't stress about episode twelve being delayed. Um, we'll we'll get it in the end. I mean, it's it's all
2: fine. Everything's cool. Yeah, and that's a good thing about uh, shows that are uh, m- made like this is that you can air episodes out of order, and only sometimes are you going to have continuity issues. Yeah, that's one of the joys of episodic television, and.
1: Um, Speaking of episodes, episode 11 is next, and it won't be next week because of the Thanksgiving holiday, but we'll be
2: on the 30th of November, correct? That is correct, and it is called New Dimensions, and uh, the synopsis is that Kelly discovers that Lieutenant John Lamar is smarter than he lets on. So she pushes Ed to consider him for a key leadership position on the ship after the Orville gets damaged by a mysterious spatial anomaly causing harrowing effects to all things living.
1: Kind of sounds like last episode.
2: Kind of does, yeah.
1: Um, real quick about the last episode. I was upset when I saw the Orville destroyed the way it was. <laughs> I mean, it turned out to be in a simulation, but still.
2: Yeah, in that... Uh... That that override order that she gave, just to let things can com- just play all the way out, because they were ready to pull the plug on that thing.
1: Did you have any suspicion that there was that kind of thing happening? You
2: know, I I didn't uh, I didn't suspect at first that it was the um, the simulator, but I thought that maybe. Um, the, uh, the sequence of events that we saw at first wasn't exactly how it, how it went down. Maybe she did try to go through, and then she herself got knocked unconscious. Um, or you know some kind of other dream state. But I, I like the way it worked out with the simulator.
1: Okay. I'll jump on all over the place in this episode, going back and forth to Firestorm. Hopefully, hopefully you listeners at home are keeping up with us. All right, so we've got a new episode, New Dimensions. Isn't that a boy band?
2: Um, no. No, I think that's... Uh, what. No, Maybe it is a boy band. I don't know. All right. Well, <laughs> have that. Thursday, Not quite November a fan 30. of boy bands, Dan.
1: <laughs> and um, so that means no or the Orville episode for next week on Thursday Thanksgiving. But, but
4: we, we thought kind of.
1: We thought ahead and we did a. Let's just say, cook up something for you to feast on. Nah. And hey, see what I did there. And uh, we'll be releasing our. What will that be? Our eleventh ep. Our eleventh ep- Our eleventh episode. Not that to be confused with the TV show episode, but our podcast eleventh episode. Correct or? Yeah,
2: yeah, that that would be our eleventh episode, but I. No, I. I it's, it's more of a, a, a special Not necessarily a numbered episode 10.5? Uh, yeah ten, ten 10.5, point, point 10 point turkey I don't know
1: uh, Well turkeys have 5 points With the 4 fingers being feathers And the thumb being a head but Anyways
2: yeah, I'm just making up more absurd math questions
1: <laughs> uh, We're calling it our Thanksgiving episode and we as we've mentioned before, we had the great opportunity to talk to the Orville Science Consultant Supervising Producer, Andre Bormanis, and we grilled him on all sorts of science and technical and astronomy and quantum physics, and we we covered just about every science there was, didn't we? We covered some biology. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And so and we're calling it
2: our Thanksgiving episode because it's going to make you think yeah and we could have gone for far more than the hour that we spent with them
1: yeah and uh, Andre doesn't know this yet but we're calling this our first <laughs> annual Thanksgiving episode so if you're listening Andre we're going to get you uh, next year for our second annual Thanksgiving episode so you have that to look forward to folks if you want to learn more about the uh, handguns that they use or how the quantum drive works are um, how, you know, the weightlessness would affect the crew. And those matters um, at traveling through a nebula and and how, you know, the space time continuum it worked and all those sort of things that have been nagging you. We've got your answers.
2: We do you're welcome america
1: <laughs> uh, so what do you, what do you what do you say joe do, do we do we let on who we're gonna have on in our guest uh first week in december
2: uh i don't i don't know i it's i'm a, you know do we do we need to check the like like santa this has happened in December, so do we need to check the the naughty and nice list for everybody or
1: that that I think our I think our next guest is both naughty and nice.
2: <laughs> you want, go ahead and let him know. Okay, so um, in in two weeks after our Thanksgiving episode, we will be back to our regular schedule programming with Scott Grimes.
1: Yep, we've got Scott Grimes coming on to the Planetary Union Network to discuss uh, Malloy.
2: Yeah, and likely many other things.
1: So we are really looking forward to that. I know there are a lot of Scott Grimes fans out there. I know that you're out there on Twitter, Scott Grimes fans. Um, so go ahead, spread the word. Uh, the Planetary Union Network, the Orville Fan Podcast, we'll have Scott Grimes. Um, and we'll chat about him and get his take on everything, and we'll cover as much as we possibly can.
2: And then, uh, as usual, our weekly Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, I don't even know what other services we're on, pitch that uh, we are on uh, Twitter at planetary underscore union and also or at Orville Observer and at Ensign M. Henson and on Facebook at planetary union network. And we're going to be on some additional services coming soon. That I'm just going to tease and say that there's something huge coming from one of these co hosts. <laughs> and you're just going to find out later. And um, you can
1: look forward to more uh, Ensign Henson coming sooner than we expected because when. They announced that they were shortening the first season of the Orville on television. We decided to bump up our season of ensign Henson so expect that uh early in December
2: very early yeah expect well, yeah ex- mid- ex- yeah I guess what are we mid december mid December yeah expect to listen to it in the regular time slot that you would normally watch the Orville
1: yes so uh just so you know, um again, our Thanksgiving episode will come out in time for Thanksgiving so you can listen to it on your drive to grandmother's house.
2: And I think I'll go ahead and roll tape on a uh, another um another round of the uh, the ensign Henson teaser since uh we've got time and we just talked about it all right good all right
1: right, folks thank you once again for tuning in to planetary union network the orville fan podcast until next time
2: later donkey hugging arborists
4: Recording activated. Ensign Maury J. Henson, USS Orville, EVC 197.
0: So, uh, yeah. Ensign Henson here. I mean, Ensign Maury J. Henson. Personal log. Stardate Wait, computer, do we use star dates, or is there some sort of official planetary union central time code format that I'm supposed to use?
4: This audio recording will be automatically designated with the proper time encoding.
0: Okay, so there's not a space calendar with star dates or something?
4: The Planetary Union utilizes the standard Gregorian calendar.
0: So no star dates?
4: No star dates.
0: So I just... go? You are currently recording. Wait, is all of that star date stuff gonna be on the beginning of this? You are currently recording. Uh, I can edit that stuff out at the beginning, right? I, I don't want the star date stuff in there. All
4: references to stardate have been removed. You are currently recording.
0: Cool. Ensign Maury J. Henson, personal log. Do
4: you wish to restart the recording?
0: Uh, Wait, what?
4: You have duplicated your initial recorded input. Do you wish to override your initial recording?
0: Okay, just start now.
4: You are currently recording.
0: (sighs) Ensign Maury J. Henson, personal log. Today I start my first official assignment since graduating from the Academy. I've been assigned aboard the USS Orville, an exploratory vessel, as a payload specialist. Which means I basically move stuff, and then make sure that said stuff is secure when it's not being moved. There could be worse assignments. Turns out I'm not the only newbie on board. Apparently this is the first command of a Captain Mercer. The scuttlebutt is that he wasn't the Union's first choice, but hey payload specialist wasn't exactly on the top of my choice assignments list either. So, we'll see. I just hope he's not a dick. I heard this Mercer guy was great a foobar.
2: Attention all crew. All personnel not currently assigned to essential operations are to report immediately to the shuttle bay for a briefing from Captain Mercer.
0: Well, that's me, non-essential crew member. Gotta go. <clears throat> I hope I can remember where the shuttle
4: bay is. Ensign Henson, your audio level has dropped significantly. Do you wish to continue recording? Ensign Henson, do you wish to continue recording? This audio log will cease recording and be transmitted to last personnel designated. Captain Ed Mercer, Commander, USS Orville, EVC-197. Transmission sent. Goodbye.
5: Planetary Union Network presents Ensign Henson, a fan-made production based on the Orville created by Seth MacFarlane. Featuring Brandon J. Carr as Ensign Henson. Adrian Carr as The Computer. Joe Quickle as Lieutenant Pardo. Ensign Henson is a Geekpunk and Quickle Media production. Conceived, written, and produced by Dan Taylor. Produced, mixed, and edited by Joe Quickle. Music by Giovanni Lodigiani. If you enjoy Ensign Henson, please be sure to leave a favorable rating and review. For more information, visit ensignhenson.com and follow Ensign M. Henson on Twitter. Be sure to listen to Planetary Union Network, the Orville Fan Podcast, and visit planetaryunion.net. The Orville and all related marks, logos, and characters are owned by Fuzzy Door Productions and 20th Century Fox Television. This fan production is not endorsed by, sponsored by, nor affiliated with Fuzzy Door Productions or 20th Century Fox Television, and is a non-commercial, fan-made audio production intended for recreational use.